Her voice came to me as a vibration through my shoulder as much as a sound. You're not a champion, are you? No, I said. I'm an editor. I was a 39-year-old desk jockey, but as I sat in the bathroom with my daughter on that morning in early April, I had peddled myself into the best shape of my life. I weighed 153 pounds, chiseled down from a 175 that no one except my new acquaintances, bicycle racers, would have described as fat. My resting heart rate was somewhere in the mid-fifties, and when I needed to, I could hammer along at more than 190 beats per minute for a ludicrous length of time. My body fat percentage was about to dip under double digits. Lab tests I would take later that season would put me in the 90th percentiles for all men my age in measurements such as strength, flexibility, and aerobic capacity. Nowhere near enough. So what is the truth? asked Natalie. If you believe you can do it, is it really impossible or really possible? I leaned back and stared at her. The truth was that there was no way I was going to be able to outsprint the real racers enough times to score ten points in the season-long series of weekly races, which was exactly the reason I needed to do it. The truth was that I never told anyone the truth about my quest. Not Stake or my other friends, not Natalie, not even Beth. When anyone I knew or met heard about what I was trying to do, they would say things such as, You're crazy, or That's interesting. Sometimes they asked questions I could give specific answers to. How fast do you go? Or Are there many crashes? But inevitably, no matter who I was talking to, we got to the same question. Why? I had no way to fully explain why I was throwing myself under the wheels of a pack of world-class cyclists. So I told people something that was true, but not all of the truth. The previous October, Natalie had made a spontaneous, childish wish that I would score ten points, and I had seized on the idea as a chance to show her that through work and will and willingness to sacrifice, dreams could come true. In a single year, I thought I could become not just a living, but lifelong proof that you should ask much and expect much of people you love. Hold me tighter, Natalie said. She tensed, and the water made a plopping sound, and she said, I'm pooping! I held her. I could feel her tiny spine shifting under my fingers, and through the depth of her chest, her heart beating. A new, ripe, nearly sweet odor wafted through the room. I'm done! she announced. Wipe. Daddy! Wipe, I said. You need to start doing it, boo. I know, I wipe. I was going to say, do you remember my soul is a banana? Yeah, I said. Mine too. All of ours. A few weeks earlier, I'd used a piece of fruit to explain the concept of a soul to Natalie. One of her cats, Jasper, had caught and killed a vole and left it on our porch and she wanted to know everything about death. She seemed most mortified that we bury or burn our dead. I told her that we are souls, not bodies. We'd been having breakfast, and, inspired, I plucked a banana from the bunch on the counter. What's this? I asked. Banana? I stripped off the skin and tossed the peel off to the side. I held the banana back up between us again. Now, I said, what's this? Daddy, why do you keep asking me what a banana is? This is what I'm saying. 
When the banana loses its peel, it's still a banana, right? Our souls are like the banana. Our bodies are like the peel. She'd cocked her head and reached out and taken the fruit from my hand. In the bathroom, frowning, Natalie said, We're a banana when we have our body on. I nodded. And we're a banana if our peel dies. I nodded. You got it. Daddy, my daughter, sitting on the toilet, looked into me, and the thing flitted in her eyes. She said, Daddy, who eats our souls? Before I reached my hand out and noticed that I still had my black half-fingered cycling glove on, and that it looked like some kind of paw against my daughter's tiny head, and before I laid my palm against the side of that fragile head anyway and gave the right answer, my breath caught. No one's going to eat your soul, I said. A long time ago, a monster had eaten...